Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're going to change it up a little bit here. We're going to go to what some people call a niche sport. If this is a niche sport, I wish I could get more involved in more niches like this because I think it's pretty damn big. I think it's pretty important and probably, at least in my estimation, although my next guest will uh, disagree with me because we've had this conversation before, I think the Masters is the biggest tournament uh, year in and year out, uh, although he might say the Open or the U.S. Open. I'll tell you it's the Masters, but we disagree on that. Most other things, I just take Matt Adams' lead when it comes to golf because I know he knows more than I do. Uh, you see him on the golf channel you hear him on his fair ways of life both broadcast live and podcast where you get your better podcasts after the fact matt adams joins me here on cbs sports radio how are you matthew i'm well jody mac how you doing good appreciate you coming on board all right right before my show started i did get to watch the 18th hole of the valero championship and jordan speak Spieth broke a pretty lengthy losing streak, one that neither you or I would have bet on two or three years ago when he was the dominant player in the PGA. What got him over the top this week? Uh, I don't think it was just this week. I, I mean, for Jordan, it was an ascent. And I thought the most telling thing was when he did the immediate, you know, after you, after you sink the winning putt, and you're walking off the green, and they, the network grabs you and says, what do you think? And he spoke about losing confidence and the struggle about losing confidence. And, and at that level, it's always the same pattern. When they start to have the wavering confidence, they start to tinker with the swing. They start to tinker with the game. And to his credit, which, which is a reflection of character, frankly, he never changed his team, never changed his caddy. He never cast the blame on someone else. But he had to dig his way out of the valley of the game, and he did it. Uh, and, and, you know, again, people could tell you that it was technical. I don't think it was technical. I think it was the five-inch fairway between his ears. So this is an incredible <laughs> comeback. I know he's still a young man, but it's an incredible comeback. And I think it bodes well for him heading into the Masters, and he's coming in on the high of having won again for the first time in four years. That's exactly where it's going to go. If it was, and you described it well, that it was over time, this wasn't a one-off. This wasn't an out of the blue. Oh, my God, Jordan Spieth is back after being so bad for so long. Over the last nine months, he had been in the hunt. He had been in the uh, the, the final parry. He had been in the uh, running to win a championship. He just hadn't been able to win, and he did win this yeah. week. If it hadn't been a lightning bolt from out of left field, we all go, all right, everything, the cards just align, and it came together. But because it had been part of a process, 
it probably doesn't bode well for his competitors going forward from here. Well, I would agree with that, except that his competitors are formidable in their own right. So is does it make him one of those that you have to keep a close eye on at the Masters? It absolutely does because of the history that Jordan Spieth has at Augusta National. But there's a lot of contenders for that throne this year. Speaking of history, what is the history of those who play well, a.k.a. win and or come close, in the tournament the week before the Masters? Uh, you handicap, I handicap. I'm better at handicapping horses than golfers, but I do both. Um, it is something that you look at over a period of time. It isn't always about just your last race or just your last tournament. But your last race is usually a pretty damn good indicator when it comes yeah. to horse racing, golf, the tournament right before the Masters. What does it tell you about the guys who play well leading into Augusta? Well, it talks about form. It doesn't only have to be the week before. I mean, Billy Horschel obviously is good form winning the World Golf Championship, even though he was won over in the absolute final match. But that's a marathon anyway, and he played well enough to win this World Golf Championship against a stellar field. So that's one to keep an eye on, too. But generally, you just look for form. And when it comes to Jordan Spieth, his form is defined by that which we were just talking about. It's going to be a soaring confidence that he can do this again, that any doubts that he had as to his, and he spoke to these doubts, these demons, uh, any doubts or demons that he had as to his ability to perform has been cast aside because he once again is a winner on the PGA Tour. So I definitely think that he is one to keep an eye on. Uh, but I think form on a particular golf course, which he's great at, counts for other players as well. Uh, and, and from that standpoint, I mean, the, I'm sure this is a direction you were going to go, Jody Mack, anyway, if you forgive me. But I'm sure, sure. Uh, when you take a look at, at Dustin Johnson, who just won here, what, five months ago at, at, at a fall uh, Masters, and you look at John Rahm, who's at three top tens in his last three at Augusta National, and you, you look at Justin Thomas, who the last time we saw him was uh, at the Players, where he cast aside his own demons of, of self-doubt and reflection and was able to break through against arguably the best field of any tournament anywhere all year. So th this particular Masters, because of the form uh, and, and the corollary confidence that goes with it, I don't know if we've had a year in a long time where there's so many players coming in that rightfully could grab that brass ring. It's that special. Matt Adams of the Golf Channel, our guest, uh, helping us preview the Masters coming up next weekend here on CBS Sports Radio. I, one of the things I always check out when I start, and I've still got handicapping to do, I'm trying to figure out who's going to win, is you, you look up the, girl, uh, the World Golf Rankings. I did not realize this when I saw it today. Eight of the top ten, as of right now, are American. This is the world golf rankings. Only two non-Americans are in the top ten. Uh, I knew Ron was going to be. And Ty Hatton presently at number eight. Rory falls just outside at number 11. You've been doing this a long time. Eight out of ten, the norm. Eight out of the ten kind of on the high side, unusually high, for Americans dominating. Or does the world golf rankings have nothing to do with Augusta? Uh, well, I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with Augusta. It, it's a little bit high for the average. But you have to keep in mind that when the PGA Tour restarted in the world of COVID and the pandemic, for players to come over, say if, say if they were U.K.-based players, just as an example, 
there there was a quarantine period that they had to come over. Plus, there was a quarantine period for them to, to go back. So to come over to the United States and play like Lee Westwood ended up doing around the players, it's a major commitment. You have to be able to come over and pretty much stay. So so it, it kind of because of the pandemic, everything is thrown off in terms of how you judge all those things. As things start to open up, heading more towards the summertime, I don't think you can put a massive amount of stock in terms of, of definitive trends just based on world record, world rankings, rather, until we get to at least midsummer to the end of summer when you really have a mix of players being able to travel around the globe so you can make a judgment accordingly. Uh, but having said that, I do think that there's a tremendous amount of players, top players around the world, that are playing very well right now. And they will tell you that they are trying to peak for the majors and they're trying to get ready for this one. So I'm incredibly excited about the week that lies ahead because of all the possibilities. One of the guys who's hoping to peak, and certainly he has uh, his own history in uh, majors, which is pretty damn impressive. But the last year, not as much. Injury due to some of it, and his play hasn't been as good as the bar that he set for himself, which was tremendously high. And that's Brooks Kepkus, currently Mm -hmm. sits at number 12, Where's his health at? Where's his game at? Usually you think of him as one of the favorites going in. DJ certainly is going to be the favorite. Kepka not far off his flank. Where's his game at heading to the Masters? Yeah, the problem is with Brooks is that when he had the – remember he had all the, the, the trouble with his left knee and then it went into his hip and everything that goes into it. Well, he strained his right knee. So – when he had the operation done in his right knee and we saw the pictures, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the kind of modern media world that we're in now where many times athletes control their own distribution, release of information, and he's one of them. And so he sent out pictures through his social media of him sitting on the table in recovery and then on crutches as he's leaving. And you're looking at it and going, what, this is a month before the Masters? There's no chance he's going to be there. And then yesterday he sent out a, a, a piece on uh, Instagram, and it was kind of like a Michelin man-looking thing, you know, like heading into Augusta. So it was unclear still if he's going to be there. I honestly don't know if, if Brooks Kepp is going to compete this week or not. Now, I will say this. If, in fact, he's, he said he was going to listen to his body, and if, in fact, it's about your knee, it's probably one of the hilliest terrains that they're going to play all year. So, especially going downhill, as, as you may know, if, if you've had knee issues. So, I don't know. The one thing I can tell you is if he does show up, Brooks Kepka seemingly has this ability where – you know, every other player, you talk about Russ, you talk about this, you talk about that. And even even if it's a lot of bravado, he just gets in there and goes, you know, I'm just going to do what I have to do. I just I, I see the ball, I hit the ball, I find the ball, I hit it again. And it's it's a remarkable thing. When, when, when he's on form, I love the way that he addresses the world. It, it's, it's through the media. And he, and he seems uh, at times indifferent, irascible, uh, annoyed. And, and yet, if you listen to the words that he says, there's, there's nuggets. Tiger was very much the same way. Tiger generally didn't look annoyed. He just, he just hid behind mostly platitudes in terms of what information he would release to you because competitively he saw it as a weakness to let his, his competitors know if he was injured or he was this or he was that. And I think Brooks kind of picked up the cue on that. So it, it's a fascinating dynamic to watch the way that he handles himself publicly. But then 
if you see him on social media, he'll have a picture with his now fiance, Jenna Sims, and he's wearing a, you know, a string uh, bikini or whatever you call it, you know, show, showing his butt off. So it's, a, it's an amazing dichotomy and who this guy is publicly, privately. And a guy who is similar in some ways, the guy I like to call the Dominique Wilkins of the PGA Tour. Dominique, of course, the human highlight film is Bryson DeChambeau, who uh, will uh, certainly make Sports Center with some of his shots because he hits the ball longer and farther than every, anybody else. He has had success, much like Dominique had, multiple-time All-Star, but at no point was he ever the best player in the NBA. And Bryson DeChambeau is not the best golfer in the world. But he wants to get there, and he thinks his way of playing will get him there. Augusta has not been a place where he has starred yet and or grabbed attention yet. Is that a major factor this week? Is it only a matter of time uh, as we head into the 2021 Masters? How does Bryson DeChambeau fit into the picture? Who was uh, who was the lead singer of of Journey? Was it Steve? Uh, Steve, uh, not Tyler. That's uh, yeah, Steve Tyler. Steve Perry, right? Steve Ty- Perry, right? Perry and Perry. Steve, Steve Perry, kind of diva, lead singer, brilliant, does his thing. That's what I see of Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau is a lead singer. Uh, so when you're talking about who he wants to be, it is very clear in in a Phil Nicholson esque kind of way that he wants to be the story. And whatever the story is, he'll define it. But whatever that story is, Phil was very, very acute in terms of how he wanted the story defined. I'm not sure Bryson is that much other than the fact that he has this compulsion to be the lead singer. He wants to be out front in the spotlight. And he's done it certainly with the brawn. He's the power and the length that he hits. It didn't work that well for him at the Masters in November, in fairness. But the difference is, is that this current iteration of Bryson DeChambeau, it, although it looks very wooden in terms of how he does it, he has figured out the putter. And as we know, with if you look at if, if you, you mentioned a couple times with odds and stats, if, if you want to take a look at putting together who you think is going to perform well at Augusta National, the, the stats that you want to look at are strokes gained, tee to green, strokes gained approach, and strokes gained around the green. Those traditionally are the top three areas that if you can find the top performers in that you would think it would be putting but that's the next category that is obviously important but it's not as important as his first few so with Bryson he hits it right now so far that he can put himself in position to attack these different greens Augusta is a little different because it's a bit of a riddle it's 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 uh, putting putting together a jigsaw puzzle and experience helps so you cannot just simply overpower it. You have to think your way around this golf course. And so I actually do think that Bryson could have a very good week, but that's if Bryson realizes that it's not the Bryson DeChambeau show. The star of this show is Augusta National. And if he plays the golf course instead of just trying to play his game, he could contend he could win. Matt Adams, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, previewing the Masters coming up next weekend. You mentioned Phil, who is now the veteran uh, slash tour slash champions tour guy. Um, Every once in a while, he seems to be able to turn it back up. Can he turn it back up for four consecutive days on a course where he's had a lot of success? Uh, I think he can do it four consecutive days to put it under, under that context that you just laid out. Uh, one of the things that's magical about Augusta National, and it's, and it's very much the same with 
with the U.S. Open, too, is that in the first couple of rounds, the early rounds, we see names that pop up that because of familiarity, uh, because maybe an early tee time, they go out and they start to do things that give us all hope, which is what the whole theme of the Masters is ultimately, isn't it? It's about the blooming of the flowers and saying, hey, it's time for us to go out and watch baseball and play golf and, 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 and get out from our sheltered lives in snow and in this case in COVID and all the rest. So I do think that Phil's capable. He could go out on, on Thursday and shoot a 65 and wow everybody and, and have us all convinced that he's going to tap in on Sunday for another victory at Augusta National. But I just don't see the staying power. I don't, I don't see it lasting with Phil. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's worked for him on the Champs Tour where you have broad fairways and you have a short rough and uh, nowhere near as much depth in terms of the competition, greens that are going to be friendly or hole locations that are going to be friendly or et cetera. So I, I do think that, that there's a possibility of magic because magic happens at Augusta National. I just don't see it lasting. When Tiger had his accident, it was a uh, week in, week out. I thought the PGA Tour handled it phenomenally. All the golfers, all the people involved uh, in sending their thoughts and prayers out to him. He's still very much front of mind of all the guys competing on the PGA Tour. More so this week because it's the Masters and it's Augusta where he's had this unbelievable amount of success? Well, in our hearts and minds, certainly he, he will be uh, paramount. But uh, the players, it won't be. The, the, the players are focusing on their business that is before them. Uh, the interesting thing with, with Tiger right now is that my sources tell me is that his injury is extremely severe. Uh, as, as they put it, he is not out of the woods yet. And they're talking about in terms of the extent to healing that he's capable of with that right leg. When, when you have the bones of the leg break and protrude through the skin, and then you have to, you have to separate the fascia from the metal, you've got to get to that within one to three hours or the leg has to be amputated. Uh, he's, he's had issues with blood flow in the area from what I understand uh, he's Tiger. Tiger still has a, rough, a tough road ahead of him. He's got heavy healing still to go through. So there, there's more to Tiger's recovery story. So I'm hearing than what we know publicly. And so, again, as you put it, best wishes for Tiger Woods because right now Tiger Woods is still facing an uphill walk. Just wondering if anyone will wear red on Sunday, as a lot did that first weekend after Tiger had the accident. Um, last year, and it is now just several months ago because the Masters got pushed back by the pandemic to November, which was very weird, and it was a playable course because of that. I know Dustin Johnson shot lights out. He shot minus 20, the lowest number ever mm -hmm. in the Masters, and I don't expect that to be the case again here. Or should I? And if I do, is DJ that guy to take the run at minus 20? Oh, well, he, DJ's the guy to take a run, but I absolutely agree with you that I don't think you're going to see a similar setup at all. The golf course was soft in November, and the golf course is not soft now. Uh, do, do, do those two things connect with each other? Absolutely, they connect with each other. It's, it's probably very similar to, you know, 1973 when Johnny Miller goes out and shoots a final round 63 and wins the U.S. Open. And the next year is the massacre at Winsbrook in 1974, probably the toughest setup ever for any, any major anywhere that was won by Hale Irwin. Uh, so I don't expect that severe a response. But I'd be surprised if you saw a score that was that was farther under par than maybe 12, 14 under par. 
of this week because the golf course is going to play dramatically different than it did in November. This golf course is going to be hard and running, and when it comes to those greens with perfect conditions that they can control at this time of year, you're going to have to be very precise. You're going to see a lot of golf balls that are bounding off the sides or back. All right. If you want to tell us who's going to win the Masters today, please feel free. If you're not ready to tell us uh, who's going to win the Masters, I'm going to tell everybody to watch it on the Golf Channel this week because you want to take a couple more days. They don't tee off till Thursday. That's perfectly fine. But at a minimum, you've got to give me a guy, not DJ, not DeChambeau, not Rom. I'm not going to let you pick chalk at the top, but a guy who's not one of the top three or four favorites coming in, who you think is sitting on a good week and absolutely will be part of the mix on Sunday afternoon. You know, I mean, I don't know whether this counts as chalk or not, but I think Xander Shoffley is one that you have to keep a very close eye on. I don't think he gets enough attention. Uh, I think that Patrick Cantlay, although his form hasn't been as sharp recently, we're still talking about Augusta National where, where these guys seemingly jump in the phone booths and come out as a superhero. Uh, I think he's one to watch be, because, of, because of his ability to putt. But overall, if, if, if I had to pick a player, and again, I, I, I may be guilty of chalking some of these names, so you tell me. But I think you have to keep a very close eye on someone like Louis Oosthuizen because he is putting extremely well. All those stats that I was telling you about earlier in terms of strokes gain from the tee to the green and around the green, he's extremely solid on. So I'd keep an eye on him. So because you eliminated some, some names at, at, at the top that, that I could pick, I would probably boil it down to outside of the top tier guys who were pretty obvious. Uh, I would boil it down to Shoffley and Hussein. Hussein, I like both of those. All right, let me ask you about a specific guy because I've got a good friend who's uh, a former professional golfer who, who is absolutely heavily involved in this Masters with a selection. He's a big Victor Hovland guy. And Hovland oh, has yeah. had a nice season. He hasn't found his way to the winner's circle yet, but he's been there on Sunday in a couple of big tournaments doesn't have a major track record at Augusta. What kind of shot you give Hovland this weekend? You know, except for 1979, where, where Fuzzy wanted his first go-around, Augusta National has shown us time and again that it's a place that you need to have familiarity. I happen to agree with your buddy that Victor Hovland is amazing. His, his, what I like about him the most is his attitude. Obviously, he can hit the golf ball great. They all can hit the golf ball great. But he never gets down on himself. He never lets it overcome him. And that's great attitude, obviously, to have in a major championship. My only concern with Victor is, is that he's young and he's still trying to figure out his path. And Augusta generally is not the path saved for Tiger distinctively. And, and, and obviously Jordan Spieth distinctively too, for that matter, where, where they won young and, and played extremely well there. Just, it just worked for him. We haven't seen that necessarily with Victor yet. Uh, is he capable of it, Jody Mack? Yes, he is capable of it. Do I think it's going to happen this week? No, I don't. And it's no disparaging comment to him whatsoever. It's just about experience. Hear where you're coming from. Uh, when do we expect to hear from the president of Augusta National about the fact that Major League Baseball pulled their all-star game from the state of Georgia? Oh, immediately. I, no, no one expects the Augusta, uh, the Masters to be moved to another tournament. The Masters is Augusta. Augusta is the Masters. But the president has not spoken on the issue yet, has he? No, I mean, that's going to be number one. I mean, he, he couldn't avoid that if he wanted to uh, when the week is down there. As, as much as, as the 
Augusta National tries to control each and everything that goes on there and how it's said and what it's said, that's going to be the first thing that they're going to ask him, and they're probably going to ask it to him in five different ways about what's your reaction to this and what you're going to do. Uh, I do in a lot of ways, although I can't speak for them, I, I, have no, I have no sense of what their perspective would be other than the fact that obviously they're not moving. But in their case, it'd be incredibly difficult to move the Masters to someplace else, anywhere else than Augusta National. And and the perspective that we've seen from them in the past was that if they got that kind of pressure that something needed to be done, they just wouldn't have it that year. They would just wait for, for things to settle down and blow over instead of they just these these uh, people do not have to bend over for anybody. So I'm sure it's going to come up, and I'm sure it's going to be a story, and, and I'm sure they've already well-crafted their, their view on it, and we're going to find out in just a couple of days. He is always well-crafted when he joins us. Matt Adams, appreciate you coming on board. Have a fun week this week. Thank you, brother. I will be in touch soon enough. Okay, Joey, Matt. Thank you. See ya. Matt Adams, his uh, show Fairways of Life uh, airs live every single day on his YouTube channel, and uh, you can podcast it from anywhere you get your best podcasts. You'll see him as a on-field, on-course reporter for the uh, and studio host for the Golf Channel as well. If you need to talk golf, Matt Adams is the guy you want to talk to. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.